Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to me. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music. I guess the moon was blowing through the trees there. Do 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 do. May I tell you about some of the curious assortment of things that turn up every day in my mailbox? Now here's one here that made me laugh. In the subject line it said Prepare for the future. Prepare for the future. Now, it, it doesn't take a linguist to figure out that there is not 
all that much else to prepare for. If you want your friends to have something that is as equally profound to think about, you know, after you've said goodbye, you might look them square in the eye and add, Remember, the past is gone, and the future knocks but once. Ellington here on Humble Farm. I'm always distressed when I see a candidate for political office who promises to lower taxes. Lower whose taxes? Certainly not yours. He's not talking about lowering your taxes when he talks about lowering taxes. 
Can you tell me when taxes on corporate profits in this country have ever been lower? Now, you've heard me say this over and over. Countries in Northern Europe have higher taxes than we do. This enables the working people in Northern Europe to have a much higher standard of living than those of us who live and work in the United States. Now, if you don't believe it, go to Sweden or Holland or Finland or Denmark or almost anywhere over there and live there for a year and see for yourself. Higher taxes means a higher standard of living for you and other people who work for a living. Oh, you're right, you're right. Higher taxes means that a fraction of the top 1% of taxpayers who earn a million or 10 million or $500 million a year will pay much more taxes. And in the United States, because that teeny tiny fraction of 1% of rich taxpayers includes our friends who own the newspapers and they own the radio stations and they own the television stations, and they control the salaries of people who work in those places, because they own all that, you're not going to see or read or hear too much about the benefits of a highly taxed society.
Who can escape that old swinger? Harvey just sent me a... Oh, that was Oscar Peterson. Harvey just sent me a video that shows how the International Space Station was put together. And I can't help but wonder how long it'll be before the thing falls down. It's, it's 194 feet long, probably just as wide... And you can't believe how glad I was to see that they put a picture of an airplane next to it so we could get an idea of how big the space station is. It's the first thing I've seen in ages that wasn't compared to the size of three football fields.
That sounded like molten, molten swing. Here on the humble farmer, well, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. Thank you for listening. You might have heard that the new main turnpike system will let easy pass holders breeze right through the main toll booth at full speed without slowing down, just like you do now in New Hampshire. Now, we got our first easy pass after trying to merge into the correct lane one dark, cold, and rainy night on the George Washington Bridge heading north. You can imagine how awful that was. With an easy pass, we could have whistled right through. Everyone has an easy pass now. I've, I was probably the last person to get one. Well, almost everyone has an easy pass. If you don't have an easy pass, you're, you're probably confined to a wheelchair on beels. Yes, this new system will let easy pass holders breeze through the toll booth at full speed without slowing down. And you can imagine how my wife, Marsha, the almost perfect woman who is a type A, will love this. My wife is one of the few women I know who expected toll takers to make correct change for someone going 40 miles an hour.
Tommy Flanagan playing a tune I learned from Doc Reed, one of Doc Reed's favorite tunes. I'm old-fashioned. And now, if you will take the children... Am I making... Am I loud enough here? And now, if you will take the children away from the radio, I will now unload the humble farmer's unkind comment of the day. We don't like children to hear us saying unkind things. Are you ready? Monty, who is a radio friend in Rockland, says, I have always considered ATVs and the like to be Malthusian population control devices that are focused on a specific demographic. Fletcher Henderson, down the famous, famous down south 
Camp Meet-In, whatever that was. Camp Meet-In, that must have been quite an interesting thing here. Thank you, thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio station. Where, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. I am thehumblefarmer at gmail.com. Of course, I'd love to hear from you. And right now, I'd like to give you an example of how name drop-in works in good main society. Years and years ago, somebody, I, I don't remember who it was, was telling me about a nice conversation he had with the governor. Imagine that, having a nice conversation with the governor. And I asked him how in the world he ever happened to know the governor. And he said, I met him at your house.
I think that was a Jerome Kern thing when till the clouds roll by. Paul Desmond, of course, Ron Carter on bass. I was listening very closely, growling there with a growl. You might have read that an injured Arcadia hiker was rescued. Is that what I'm supposed to be telling you about, the viable option? You might have read that an injured Arcadia hiker was rescued after being stranded alone for five hours. I would guess that he probably dropped off a cliff while hiking. Isn't it nice to know that real men who can't afford a snowmobile or a ATV have an affordable, viable option?
Hmm, a little original riff there. I remember that one. The most dangerous places in the world. Well, that's what the headline said. Where do you think those dangerous places are? Could one of them be some kid's bedroom if our government suspected his father of doing things they didn't like? Today, a dangerous place for me seemed to be my garden where I cut my thumb while cutting the tops off some radishes. Actually, it was while picking up the tops after I'd finished cutting the tops off that when I cut myself. Another dangerous place might be on a main snowmobile during spring thaw. And you might have read one time that the players in a basketball team sustained more injuries in recent games than they did when the team's bus crashed. And would you like to live with a professional athlete, you know, after years of pigging out on muscle-building drugs or, or having their heads pounded? Athletes have been known to shoot their families and sometimes themselves. Dangerous places all. But, as Rambo said, I've seen worse. When any meal is being prepared in our home, you do not want to be in my wife's kitchen.
Roger Calloway. You've heard me play some Brad Terry and Roger Calloway. Brad was whistling with Red Mitchell and Roger Calloway. Can you believe that the first ten minutes of what is called what is called national news was talk about a singer that a singer that nobody's ever heard of who done himself in? And that an upcoming item to inform Americans about what was going on in the world was to be about the famous runner with no legs who shot his girlfriend. Without realizing what was happening, Americans no longer have a nightly news broadcast. We have the National Enquirer with moving pictures. Say, 
here on The Humble Farmer. Where well, then they look at the hall, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week. This time right here on your favorite channel. <gasps> station. Thank you for listening. I am the humble farmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. And I have been married for over 23 years. And I do not argue with my wife. If I don't say anything, she very often changes her mind. Two or three times. Which, to my way of thinking, makes her a very reasonable woman. In other words, she really doesn't care which way the matter, most matters. My wife really doesn't care which way most matters are decided, as long as she is the one who has done the deciding. I don't remember of seeing my mother and father argue, so I never learned the basics of bickering. And in later years, I could never see that anyone came out the better for an unpleasant discussion. But you know this, you know who they are. There are people who love to stand toe-to-toe and try to bring people around to their side of an issue. They see it as a challenge, not my thing. Not that I don't talk about things concerning the human condition that interest me, but from 35 years of speaking my mind on the radio and years and years of writing for newspapers, I simply unload what I have to say. Here, for your consideration, is what I think for what it's worth. Because if you want to write something about what I wrote and post it in the newspaper as a rebuttal or something, I do my best to avoid seeing it. It doesn't bother me a bit. But I see bickering every day in my favorite newspaper blog where people chew back and forth. Now, listen very closely because I'm going to say something very profound here and I want to see if you agree with me. And from my reading, I believe I have figured out something, well, probably that you were aware of a long time ago. And that is, which of any two parties has put forth the most forceful, reasonable, logical, true presentation? The person who has the best side of the argument is the one who doesn't feel that he or she has to have the last word. So there. Look at that smile and cute boy's bob. 
this time right here on your favorite station. Longtime radio friend Peggy wrote to me about a boy who is 19 years old. The cerebral cortex has not yet matured. Judgment is faulty until at least the age of 22-23. This is the best reason I have ever heard for keeping boys and girls on separate islands until they are at least 35.
Django here, and almost time to get out of here. Time for one last goodie, net call or somebody. It's the, it's the talk of the town in matter one keg. You might have read that two selectmen might have violated state law when they met with a state trooper who interviewed them as part of an investigation. Now, where's it coming from? I don't want to hear that. How is that getting in here? You know what I think? I think it's, I think it's picking up through the air, my answering machine upstairs. I think it's coming in wireless. Wonders of technology. I might not even have time to finish this rant. I can't seem to hear what they're talking about. You know, like sometime you have these things on, you can hear what people are talking about on there. Oh, this is good. Oh, she's leaving a message. Well, that must be an important thing. Well, if we can ever finish up here. If we can ever finish up here. They're calling Robert Scargland. Must be someone who knows me rather well. What do you suppose that person wants? Oh, we've got to finish this program. So we've only got one minute left. We might not be able to do it. Ah. Let's try it again. It's the talk of the town in Matawamkeg, Maine. Two selectmen might have violated state law when they met with a state trooper who interviewed them as part of an investigation. Did you know that for two Maine selectmen to talk things over constitutes an illegal meeting? And in these rapidly changing times, they might not even be called selectmen anymore. Would the lightning bolt of justice continually crackle over two selectmen who are married and simply whispering in bed? Imagine, if you will, the following tableau. Uh, I'm done, Chief. I've booked these two selectmen. Okay, Pete. Put them in two non-contiguous cells so we won't be summoned for creating an illegal meeting. <laughs> 